You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of every Premier League match week, the Champions League and the Europa League as well. I'm Robbie Musto and he's Robbie Earle. Here are today's topics. That heroic header from Alisson to keep Liverpool's top four hopes alive. Leicester City winning their first FA Cup in club history. A preview of Tuesday's pivotal match between Chelsea and the Foxes. And have Man City found their next star striker in their golf fest with Newcastle? That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Okay, Robbie Earl. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of football, my friend. We've mm-hmm. played a lot of games. We've watched a lot of games. But there's certain moments in matches where I think we kind of remember them for a long period of time. And this is one of them. West Brom won, Liverpool two, a winning goal from Allison, the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. um, in a game that Liverpool had to really win to keep their hopes of top four qualification for the Champions League alive. It didn't look like, Rob, that it was going to happen. Um, Conceded a goal again, pretty poor defensively. Um, But they then find a way back. Mo Salah with another goal for him. And then that amazing moment late Mm. in the match. Um, Let's just get to that point, Rob, and and, and what you felt about watching that, I guess, two minutes of live action that was pretty remarkable. I think the first thing to say, mate, is we witnessed history today in the yeah. Premier League. It's the first headed goal by a goalkeeper in the history of the Premier League. And listen, it's going to be one of those things that in 20, another 20, 30 years' time, they'll be playing. Like we see the Aguero shirt for, for Man City and the Steven Gerrard slip. 
that, that mm. cost Liverpool, it's going to be one of those iconic moments. And sort of moving to the enormity of, of the moment in the header and the goal is that it does set up the opportunity for Liverpool to, have, to still have a, a good chance now of making Champions League football. And that's mm. what it was all about. And that's why when he, he came up, I remember... We, we was, I'm sure the story's out there now, but we were sitting in the broadcast, and as he as he as he's running up towards the halfway line, I'm going, oh, another goalkeeper running up, waste of time. They, they, they never get onto it, and and by this time he'd reached the edge of the box, and then we saw it play out in front of our eyes, mate, and we saw the late run from Allison that I think distracted the West Brom defenders in so much as they didn't know who to pick him up or what to do. We saw the ball coming in his direction. Then I almost it was like one of those freeze throw three frame moments, the ball hit his head, it kind of was veering towards a goal and I'm thinking it isn't, is it? It couldn't be, could it? And then you see it land in the back of the net and then it's just like, well it's pandemonium in the studio, it's craziness all over the pitch and I, I just think, mate, we, we sometimes will take for granted some of the things we're very fortunate to witness. This is one of them. And it, it rolls on nicely because Alison is my underappreciated performer of the weekend. Uh, I guess, my friend, basically based on his heading ability. <laughs> underappreciated heading ability of Alison. And, uh, you know, the just follow on, like the jump, the technique, the kind mm. of snap his neck into the head of the direction right into that corner was pretty amazing. And then... You know, it was a special moment, not just because of the goal and because of the celebrations, but then the emotions we saw from him, Rob, because he yeah. lost his, his father tragically in a yeah. in a drowning accident back in Brazil in February, I think it was. Yeah. And he's been very low on the uh, on media side of things. But you could see the emotion pour out of him, pointing towards the sky. His teammates were all over him. Um, a really special moment. And I think, you know... We, we do try and pick out a player from each mm. each weekend. And, and also, I'm not sure how many viewers or our listeners would have seen the interview, but a really powerful, nice interview afterwards where sometimes football fans don't always get a window into the, to the character of, of some of their heroes in their squads and in their teams. Mm. And it was a really nice moment for, for everybody, us included. Mm. You don't get to yeah. hear from that much, but of course, his English is pretty blimmin' impeccable, really. And he, and he so well told the story of his emotions. He thanked everybody, Rob, that got behind mm-hmm. him in, in these difficult moments, losing his father. Um, so all, all of, of that kind of last minute of the match, the scenes, the hugs from the manager and the coaches. And I, I don't think I've seen, I think it was Mo Salah that kind of grabbed him. And, and mm-hmm. it, was, it, was a, it was an amazing moment for the team. Yeah. It's gone through a lot of amazing moments. But I think... You know, just seeing that, he has to get my underappreciated performer yeah. of the weekend. And, um, you know, it, it was a it was an amazing moment from, from an obviously an amazing human being. Yeah, and, and you make a good point, Rob. It's a great choice who is underappreciated because we know him as a goalkeeper. Was it last week against Southampton? He come up with five, six, seven big saves in the game that, that, that make sure they get the job done. Uh, I think it was a 2-0 win on, on that day. But you make a really good point, Rob, about... Sometimes I think general public fans, you know, football followers, having a window behind what actually is football, because we're all human beings. We all have issues. We yeah. all have problems at home that we pull on our strip. We, we get in our team and we do our thing. 
And sometimes there's, there's lots of, of, of other things going on behind the scenes that people don't know about that you try and mask from from the general public. And, and you're right, it, it was not only the goal and the timing and the moment and the importance, but also that just a, a bit of realisation that we're all human beings. You know, Jesse Lingard is a great example of was getting criticism on, criticism on social media and then people realised he'd had some issues in his life, his mother, his, his, I think, brother and sister, some siblings. And, and it was it, it, it was one of those moments where I think I'll always remember where I was when Alisson scored that goal. Um, mm. Let's hope that for Liverpool's point of view on a, on a football front, Rob, it, it means mm. that it, it's the platform to, to step into top four because that's what this is all about in terms of, of the football piece. It's about Liverpool now having a chance to, to make it into that top four. And they play Crystal Palace, uh, they play Burnley away, Crystal Palace yeah. at home, their last two games. And it's interesting yeah. because I know on this, we I think we slightly differ in, in terms of where we think or how we think that might go and, and where we think that, that they may end up. Yeah, I mean, the longer it goes and the results for Liverpool and defeats of teams like Chelsea and maybe Leicester, it's become very possible now. And I think if they do win those two games, mm. it does, and it will come down a goal difference with yeah. uh, Leicester and Chelsea. A big game for them, of course, on Tuesday, which we'll talk about. Um, I just, you know, apart from that moment, I'm sat in my chair thinking, di I, I didn't expect them not to win this game against West Brom, Rob. I expect it to be yeah. in the next two. But I'm sat there thinking, this is, this is why I think Liverpool will fall a little short. Two reasons. The centre-backs are young, inexperienced centre-backs that, that, again, looked okay in certain moments, but in, in key moments, you know, the striker for West Brom, uh, Robson Canoe, got, in, got mm. in behind three times, three times in on the goal, and, of course, scored the first opportunity really early on. And then the, just the, 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 the ability to, to, to create clear-cut opportunities given teams that sit back and defend deep. And I thought we were looking at 1-1. One, one. I'm thinking, yeah. yeah, this is... This is what I feared about Liverpool. Now they get that, and the momentum, as you kind of talked earlier, that might, might really help them. But they still got to go to Burnley, Rob, where their mm -hmm. fans are going to be there, and we know what their strikers they've got and how strong they can be defensively. Crystal Palace are playing with a little bit more abandon at the moment, which I mean, we really, really enjoyed the game today. So I, I still think they're for sure. I'm not going to change now with a couple of games left. Um, th th those two reasons I still still think are valid, Rob. Got away yeah, with it today. Valid, yeah. Goalkeeper, first time ever in the Premier League. So they got away with it. Now, whether they can the next two games, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I, you know, as you know with me, it's all the emotion. And I, I almost feel like it can galvanise. I think moments like that, I don't think the manager has to say anything. Not sure Alison Becker has to say anything to the keeper. I think players around might take something from it and, not, and want to do it kind of for him and what he's been through and, and what he's done. It was really interesting, and we 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 did a little breakdown on on the you know the the back line, and it was a day when Trent Alexander in particular thought I thought I had a good game going yeah, forward, and he defended, but look, looking back in in good nick and, and back to some of his best. But it was really interesting with the two centre halves, Robin, and I was I was thinking about how we could try and explain this because we know in in, in all the different units, in defending units, and midfield and forward, these kind of routines that you go through that get people in the right places. Now, as Reese Williams is going towards the ball, there should be a knock-on effect that Nat Phillips evens up. They always used to say, almost think there's a piece of rope between all the defenders. And if right, that's exactly moves, right. Yeah. One yeah, move, move. bring him in with me. And if he comes back, it takes me out. 
well, you'll certainly see on anyone looks back on that West Brom first goal as Reece Williams goes in. Nat Phillips, mm. if anything, stri- yeah. goes the wrong way. Instead of closing that gap because the rope's pulling him, he goes the other way. Now, those things come with time, with rigour on the training ground and with understanding. And sometimes if you've got a, a, a vocal, experienced man next to you, you can see, as he's going, he's saying, come in and go out, and he's talking to you. But when you've got two young, 20-ish-old centre-backs who haven't been through that rig, who probably haven't had so many reps and routines, that's yeah. why we're seeing what we see. Hal Robson Carnot, who got in three times today, scored once. Yeah. Trent came across once. Keeper made a good save once on pretty much three straight balls over the top. I can guarantee you there's 25 of those balls coming against Burnley. And it's mm. probably the reason why I think Fabinho might end up playing there, maybe with Nat Phillips, just to deal mm. with what Burnley uh, are going to start. Him. Yeah, I remember they, they, they went to Anfield and beat Liverpool yeah. earlier this season. So it's, uh, it's a difficult game for them. But I, I, that's the toss-up, isn't it? The Fabinho went back there. It was felt they were, he was missed in midfield. He's gone back into midfield. And, you know, there's five injured centre-backs of Liverpool Football Club. That's that's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. Five, you know, more experienced defenders. The two they buy from replacements, Ben Davies and Nose and Kabak, they got down yeah, as well. got injured as well. It's amazing. Um, but they got, they got the job done, mate. Yeah, At this point, who cares? Like, yeah, they got the job done. In, they've got two more to go and can Jurgen Klopp build it up again. Just got to say, Rob, mm-hmm. just before we move on, I've got yeah. to tip my hat to West Bromwich Albion, Big Sam yes. and the integrity of the Premier League and what they put up and how they showed and how they played. And this league, and Pep talked about it being the toughest league. He's been in Spain, he's been in Germany, and you just never know. Nothing's a given. You get, you have to earn everything that you, you did. And listen, Liverpool, goalkeeping first, uh, header gets them a point. But I thought West Brom played well, looked dangerous, were committed. And we don't know how many more times we're going to see Big Sam on the big frame trying his, pitting his wits against the big six teams. But um, I thought his team played really well today, really committed in what was a, what was a fascinating game. Yeah, I think the uh, the West Brom fans, if you're a relegated side and, and your fans have not been able to watch you all season, must be incredibly frustrating. But they would love to see that. Love to see the heart that they played with, the passion yeah. that they played with. And you're right. And that's English football. And that's... You know, we saw it in actually in Sheffield United, Everton, the, the last game. Mm. Um, teams that are that are down, you know, nothing really, but but pride to play for. And I thought yeah. West Brom, to a man, worked their socks off and made it so difficult for Liverpool to find a way through. And of course, the goalkeeper that wasn't wasn't picked up at that set piece, of course, saw the winner. But I think it's a good mention there of West Brom. Mm. And we don't always talk about some of the smaller sides, you know, when it's kind of dominated by the big clubs. There's a yeah. lot of them now in English football, but you're right. And it's, it's a shame for West Brom. It's a brilliant football club. Mm. It's an old historic football club, a real loyal fan base. And they will love the way that this team played. Just before we move on, again, Matthias Pereira got the assist for their goal, Rob. Yeah. Um, I always enjoy watching him play. Such such graceful ability with that left foot. Do you think it's a definite we're going to see him in the Premier League next season? I would be surprised if he's in the Championship, Rob. I would just be surprised yeah. whether it's English clubs or clubs from abroad. I mean, you know, the Premier League goes all around the world. You've seen his, his ten, 10 Premier League goals now. I think Sada Berahino and Romelu um, Lukaku with the last West Brom play so it double figures yeah. in the Premier League right. so he's in good company yeah. I think that'll go around there might be Italian clubs there might be Spanish clubs 
but I certainly think there'll be one or two, um, one or two English clubs, uh, Premier League clubs. It could fit, and and I know you think the step up, but I'm thinking it could it could walk into a Southampton, a Brighton, some of those middle teams. It could do well mm. at Newcastle, but you know the, the opportunity where you see an Everton today or a Everton, team like that, yeah. it could go in mm. there and, and and be a star, Rob, because he, he's got yeah. it all. As you say, he can play. Um, so good performance yeah. by West Brom. Obviously defeating, heading down, but. As ever, give a good account of themselves and the Premier League. Let's move it on to my friend, to really what some would say is the, was the biggest game of this weekend. It was the FA Cup final. It was probably more fancied Chelsea against less fancied Leicester. But as ever, forget the odds and forget um, who fancies who in those games. It's about who gets the job done. And Leicester City, Brendan Rodgers, have mm. won themselves an FA Cup, my friend. Yeah, and uh, I don't know about you, but you know, I, I, I didn't mind who won the game, but I did enjoy the scenes afterwards and the, and the smiles and celebrations and fans in a stadium at Wembley for a cup final. Absolutely loving it. I, I would probably add that maybe, maybe just a little bit Leicester wanted it a tiny bit more than Chelsea, given the success that they have. Of course, every mm-hmm. Chelsea, uh, in, uh, trophy is important to Chelsea and they've won tons of them over the last, I guess, decade now. Um, but Leicester really enjoyed it, Rob, and, and a great performance. We saw a wonderful goal from Yuri Tillemans, a midfield player that I think everybody appreciates is a, is a real talent. He can do a little, a little bit of everything with uh, the way that he plays. A wonderful strike into the top corner. Um, I will just follow on, Rob, with the goal that, that what I just picked out of that. And this was a yeah. Yeah, you're into the second half now, Rob, and, and Chelsea are pushing. And it's been a bit of a Achilles heel for Chelsea where they haven't really looked like scoring too many goals. And then Golo Kante has the ability, and to be fair, he's done it pretty well, where he's got forward and he's made things happen. You know, we've talked about him many times. Yeah. Just defensively, he's a great player, but also start, you're getting forward. And we've seen a lot of that over the last couple of years. Um, and on the goal, it, it was a... Rich James tried to find Angolo Kante that, and people who haven't seen it or didn't realise, please have another look at it because... The run from Angolo Conte is, a, is not a great run as a midfield player because he's, he's run ahead of the ball and anything, any mistake is made or interception or whatever, he's out of the game defensively. And that's what happened. It was kind of blocked with the hand, mm-hmm. the foot and the arm. I think it was Iose Perez. Not a handball. The arm's close enough to his body and it came off his thigh first, which also gives you a little bit of a, a chance on that one. But Angolo Conte, who's trying to receive the ball, is out of it. And then, then Jorginho's on his own. There's two midfield players. Yeah. Tillemans gets a ball and sticks in the top corner. Now, I know it's only little details. Yeah. And maybe you can't always plan for every scenario. I just, if Kante was in his normal position alongside Jorginho, that goal probably doesn't happen. Um, but that's the only thing I would pick out from a, on a tactical side of things where I remember Robert's midfield player. I'm sure you do. That mm. the, the thought was, don't go... Don't run forward too early. Yeah. If something yeah. goes wrong with a player on the ball or the pass, mm. then you're out of the game because yeah. you can't get back and affect something that might happen immediately. I just thought it was one of those. Um, but take nothing away from Leicester and the strike from Yuri Tillemans. There's still a lot of work to be done from there. And a beautiful strike into the top corner. Um, but it was, it was a great game, mate. It was great to see fans at Wembley celebrating a... Uh, a special day for the Foxes. Yeah, 20-odd thousand people in there. And, um, yeah, a bit of atmosphere. Uh, obviously, two rival fans. Players up for it. You know, the, 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 the 
the expectancy of, of, of a cup is still the same. You know, the FA Cup has been a magic competition. We've grown up. We've seen it, you know, where you wake up in the morning, put it on at 9am and watch it through till 3pm kickoff. And I felt it, 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 it grabbed a bit of nostalgia back with the fans being in there. Um, I agree with you tactically. I think I'd always want N'Golo Conte making runs forward with the ball yeah. behind in him. him. Front of, yeah, in front of him. So that if he does fall down, because you're right, I guarantee you, and even if Angolo Kante was where Jorginho was and Jorginho had made the run, I guarantee you he would have got closer or got something next to Tino that Jorginho doesn't. Because Jorginho's a different type. He's going to sit off, he's going to let you play. Angolo Kante is a master at getting a foot in, at blocking, at closing you down, at making it difficult. So it's one of those things, and there were some big calls. With the with the um, managers, Rob, I thought you know, Aspilicueta and Rich James played in what we'd say probably different positions. Aspilicueta was the right sided wing back, Rich James was the right sided centre back. Now, whether that was a worry about the pace of particularly Vardy or Ianacho going in behind, I don't know. But it was a Thomas Tuchel one. Ben Chilwell mm. didn't start. Alonso started on the left hand side again. Mm. Another call for the manager. Wouldn't say he mm. gets them right and wrong, but there were calls that he made, and Chelsea didn't win the match. Interesting call, I thought, from, from um, Brendan Rodgers, who started a Jose Perez ahead of what I thought, James Madison. And I'm thinking, mm. big big pitch like Wembley, get the ball into the Madisons of the world. He can feed the front two, but that wasn't mm. how it went. He came on in the second half. And I have to say, whatever you know, the tactics were, whatever the selections were, Brendan got it right. And because of that, Robbie Musto, my underappreciated performance of the week goes to Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> Not least because Brendan's always seen as Brendan the bridesmaid. He's always second best. He doesn't quite win things. He didn't win the title with Liverpool. People don't really recognise it when he was at Celtic and, and won league and, and cups there. That Well, it's only in Scottish football. So there's always been a, a, a little bit of a, of a feel that in English football, he hasn't really delivered the goods. Well, he did against a fancy Chelsea team that were in good nick, that were well-managed on a big stage with fans in the stadium when the pressure was on. His team delivered for him and they came good and needed a couple of Casper Schmeichel saves later on to, to make sure. But I thought it was a big day for him. Well, as you say, representing that football club in the way that he did, representing the owner group that we know the horrific uh, accident that mm-hmm. happened um, to the owner and his son's taking it on and, and seeing those scenes of the players... The ownership group, the fans, Robin, and it, and it just took me back to two, three weeks ago, European Super Leagues, and how the teams like Leicester would never win titles, will probably never win cups, will never be that team who can grow and possibly become a big six team. And and he stood for all those things, and for that reason, Brendan Rodgers had to be my underappreciated performer of the week for getting the job done and kind of flying the flag for not always big six teams have to win everything. Mm. Yeah, and I think also, I'm not sure whether he is a little bit underappreciated, but in general, as a manager, I think he is appreciated, certainly in Leicester City, certainly at, at, at Glasgow Celtic, um, and the work that he's done in other clubs. But but you're right, you know, I don't know whether he's seen as as a legit elite manager, but he should be. He should be for what he's done now at multiple clubs. It's a good shout, Ben and Rogers, And, I, and I, I enjoy watching him with his, not with his guard down, but with his with his media face off. And just going mad and celebrating and big old smile because he's so he does play stuff down, doesn't he? But I think it was one moment where he's like let himself go. 
I loved it when they're tossing them up in the air, all the players are throwing them up in the air. And you're right, he made some big calls. I just wonder if Madison, whether there's something, I know he's had some injury issues. We know he made that mistake going out when he should have gone out. Um, but that was a big call. Just back on the Chelsea one, Rob, on, on Thomas Tuchel's calls. Um, see, that's pretty quieter. I, I get that. And I do kind of get the Reese James thing. But it's a negative move. Mm. It's a backward move. It's a back foot move. It's a move that would mean going forward, you're not as good. That's pretty quieter going forward. Is not as good as Reese James or not as good as Callum Hudson-Odoi that could have mm. played that position. Now, I, I granted that Alonso is a little bit more attack-minded potentially or, or scoring-minded than Ben Chilwell, but that was, a, that was a... I understand why he did it, but ultimately it's going to reduce their effectiveness going yeah. forward, Rob. Yeah. And also, Hakim Ziyech. You like Ziyech. Mm. I, I, I'm not seeing it. So when you start Ziyech, that keeps Christian Pulisic on the bench. It keeps Kai Havertz out of the starting lineup. And Mason Mount no problem. And, and, and I like Werner as well, even though he's maybe not scored the goals that you expected. So a couple of calls there that didn't work out for him. And the frustration will be there. The expectation would have been there that they were going to win this cup against uh, Leicester City. We talked about it. They were favourites going into the game. So interesting, interesting match. It leaves Chelsea's season somewhat on the edge. Absolutely on the edge, Rob, as these two teams meet... Um, at Stamford Bridge on Tuesday, 3.15 yeah. Eastern Time on NBCSN. Mm. Um, it's time for the Robbie Earl odds. So, our friends, points about Sportsbook, have given us the odds for what is a huge game now uh, with Champions League repercussions uh, at stake. And the odds go as Chelsea to win minus 143. The draw is at plus 260. And the Leicester win is at plus 400. So our friends at Points Books, I think, believe that Leicester are going to be out on what we used to call the razzle, a light light ale or two, and that maybe they won't be in the right fettle to uh, face the game against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. I have to say, I totally disagree with that. I totally yeah. disagree with that. I just think that Brendan Rodgers isn't that manager. I think he'll enjoy, they'll enjoy a night. I think it's good to enjoy a night. I think they'll get together. And I think they'll collectively say, come on, let's go and turn these over again. Let's, let's guarantee ourselves top four spot. We deserve it. Yeah, well, I mean, the club will desperately want it. Winning yeah. the FA Cup does not qualify them for next season's yeah. Champions yeah. League. Um it does qualify them for the Europa League, so they've got everything to play for. But I, I don't know whether I'm with you, mate. I see the plus 400 is kind of high. I've got to say that. But, I mean, if you're Thomas Tuchel and you're Chelsea and, and what's happened to you at Wembley Stadium and now you've got a chance to, to – to, well, you're in jeopardy of dropping out of the top four. Yeah. I do think they, they are favourites. I'm not sure as strong a favourite as uh, – Points about Sportsbook are saying yeah. with their odds. Minus but 143. Minus 143, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that is where I'd be putting my couple of really? dollars on. Yeah, with Chelsea. Um, but it's such a it's such a critical game. Now, can, mm. she, can Leicester, you know, shake off that little yeah. you know, celebrations yeah. and stuff and mm. go again away at Stamford Bridge where there are going to be fans, of course, Robbie, on, uh, mm. on Tuesday. Yeah, that makes a difference, yeah. I... Um, yeah, I just, I mean, we got a cracking end to the season. Oh, I think it's yeah. a huge game. This is a huge game. Right. I've got to be honest, my, my, my well-earned $2 is, is, is looking at plus 400 with Leicester. I'm with Brendan. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just, you know, it's interesting, Rob, and, and, and obviously we'll, we'll, we'll maybe get into a bit more discussion after we're on our next podcast, which comes up on, on Wednesday after these games. But I'm just a little bit interested in the Thomas Tuchel kind of, what came out after the Arsenal defeat that I thought was just a little strange and like he saw something in training and he didn't like the change mm. he made and that mm. all came out, okay. Then the, the FA Cup where they didn't particularly play that well, made a couple of changes that in the end didn't work and, and got beat in a competition that I think they would have been favourites and expect to win. So it's now a bit of pressure on them to against this game and I'm just kind of interested like, what Tuchel we see now? We've seen yeah. things are going well. We, we, you know, this Premier League, Rob, this English football is different. It's absolutely just when you think you've got a hold on it, and I'm in a good spot, it, it bites you on the on, on the backside. And he's just had a little, maybe not a bite. He's had a suck on the backside, and he, he better be ready. Yeah, I mean, he lost at home to Arsenal, mm. and he lost a cup final that would be expected to win. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You, you you could never, never think that you've cracked it. And, I, and to be fair, I, I'm not saying we're not saying that he, that he thought that. No, but he realizes right now. It's been mm. a few occasions, and he's like, you know what? It's on me. Made yeah. too many changes, or I've learned some lessons there. And he, he would have done. But you're right. Two losses, back to back losses. Massive games going forward. Now, now we see what he's made of. Mm. Now we see what he's made of with his selections, his motivation. We know that he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's and he tells it as it is, yeah. um, how are the players going to come out on Tuesday? A little nervous about their situation or fired up mm. on the front foot, aggressive to win the game? It's going to be fascinating because, you know, we know they got the Champions League um, final later in the yeah. month, of course, the 29th of May, isn't it? But this is super important for Chelsea uh, to finish in the top four and, and uh, it should be a cracking, cracking game on Tuesday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fandango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. Ah. Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango, it's your ticket to the movies. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. Of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA, and Peacock. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, let's talk, go back to the weekend's games. A few interesting results came up and a few talking points. Tottenham, two walls, nil. Ryan Mason with, I think, quite a difficult task as, as I was doing a little bit of, uh, of background work on this game, Rob. I'm thinking. He's got to find a way to motivate this group. I mean, Champions League football's gone. 
Europa League or even Europa Conference, Rob, which is like a third-tier European competition. I'm not sure yeah. Spurs would be that sort of desperate to get into to that competition, which I think if you finish maybe sixth or seventh. But yeah. the Spurs team with, with, you know, the Gareth Bale, the, the human son, the Harry Kane, the Deli Alley up front, you know, looks in on paper's great. But just motivating this group, I thought, was interesting. They got the job done. They won 2-0. Two, two Is it... It's too late for them, isn't it, really, with, 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 with European football? I mean, Europa League now, we're talking... Yeah, and I and on, I wouldn't guarantee him that. They've got Wednesday Aston Villa at home, who are a team that never stop. They're mm. a good side, and Jack Grealish is getting closer to fitness, and Ollie Watkins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then they have got Leicester away. That's difficult. So I don't even know. I mean, they might find themselves in the in the Europa Conference. That I, I'm not even sure that format of that tournament has been finalised yet. So that's not good. Funny team Spurs. You know, last time out they get well beaten by Leeds United, Robin. And there was a moment today I looked at the game and, I, and I'm looking at Delhi getting involved and Bale and Sun and Kane. I think Winks was on at this point. And, like, and uh, I thought Regalon was better at left back and Tanganga, I actually prefer at right back as well. I think he should be the number one choice in that position. It's still, a, it's still it's not a bad team, Rob Spurs. You know? And we know that, that Kane's future is a little bit up in the air. And same with Bale and maybe Delhi as well. But if a new manager came in there that excited this group, there's some good players there. With good attacking flair and a little bit, little bit of mix to them defensively, of course, centre back. We know that that's an area that they really, really need help. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, I want to say I like Spurs with all the star players out there and and what they look like in yeah. certain games. But when you watch last Saturday at Leeds, you're like, oh, you know, and 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 it's just a it's a bit of a mess right now, mate. That's what I'm. Yeah. I think that's what I'm okay. saying. I kind of like some of the bits, but it's a bit of a mess with the manager and certain players and no fans in that stadium and the revenue's being lost at the moment. It needs a little bit of a shake-up, a, a reset, a coming together in the summer. New manager as soon as possible, please. Daniel Levy, I think the Spurs fans are always saying, and they've got to try and go again and regroup and have a, have a great pre-season and come back on the front foot. But this season's been a bit of a nightmare. The whole Mourinho thing did not work. Um, it was always a risky move to start with, and now they've got to pick up the pieces, which is never easy mm. after a, a Jose kind of um, situation. It's interesting because, as you're saying that, and I was watching them today, and I'm thinking, kind of, where are they from? The Poch team, that at least we knew what we were getting, and there were good players then, Robin, were saying, can they go the next level? To kind of going around the circle to now where we're, yeah. we're, we're questioning, I'm not sure there's been that much progress, Robin, as you say. You know, Pochettino was a club builder. He brought that club together and took it to Champions League and got them to the Champions yeah. League final and, and got more respect. Somebody's going to have to do almost that job again to, with this group of players. We keep saying he's got a lot of good players there, but for some reason, yeah. it's just not been knitted together. Uh, let's talk about a team that had been going in, 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 good, in good form, West Ham United. They travelled down to Brighton with hopes of them still maybe... Champions League, if not European football, ended up drawing the game 1-1. Uh, went one, da- one down, came back into the game. Ben Rama with his first goal for, for West Ham United. Um, they pushed to try and obviously late on try and get that winner that they, that they wanted. David Moyes after the game said, obviously he's disappointed, but you know pleased with his team. A one down late on, bit of character, all that kind of stuff. But at West Ham. I just got the sense watching Rob and, and, and you know, Declan Mice was back in the team. I know you'll have your view, but I just got the feeling like it just looked a little bit like someone running on empty towards the end of the game. It just felt like it might be starting to catch up with them. 
many of the same players play many games. And I was thinking about this, I think it was this morning something when I was coming out, I was thinking, games every three or four days, we don't really realise what that can be taken out of mm. you. And mm. especially with the energetic players, the, the Antonios and the, and the Jesse Lingos, didn't quite have that spring about them that we normally see. Yeah, and that might be the reason what they didn't do or that I thought they might do, Rob. A little disappointing mm. for me, West Ham. And, and I expect, I think I said before the game, that they, they could outpower uh, Brighton a little bit. There's a real punch to their attack. Um, we know the way that Brighton play. And, and of course, David Moyes will know that as well. And it's very much built up from the back. Yeah, I just, you know, you know how much I, I appreciate um, and stress the importance of turnovers mm. and that pressing. And that's when goals are scored. And I just thought they missed that opportunity throughout the game to sustain attacks by this. So when it breaks down, stay in there, stay high, have a little press up, show a little bit of energy. You know, this buzzwords of, of counter pressing, that's what it is really. When they get the ball, when you have it and you, and you give it to them, then win it back again. And I, and I just was disappointed. They have an attack or Brighton win the ball and then they just dropped off and allowed Brighton to play around and manoeuvre the ball up into their final third. And it was annoying for West Ham and it was taking time away from what they wanted yeah. of, of sustaining and adding the pressure and asking more questions. But again, you make a point there and, and maybe they're linked where they're kind of tired and it's easier to drop off and, and be a bit more patient with their football. I mean, it's difficult to be critical of West Ham because it's yeah. been a remarkable season and players have stepped up. The manager's done a brilliant job and he's, he's cracked the whip throughout the season and never seems satisfied. And we're going to, you know, if we're around the top four, we're going to give it a go. And they have given it a go. I just... I just thought a little bit more aggressive nature to their game, Rob, might have helped them against a, a Brighton team that sometimes gets a little bogged down in playing out and, and make mistakes and concede goals. But we didn't see it. We did get the goal from Saeed Ben Rama, another good signing, 88th minute, really nice finish into the far corner to get themselves a point. But they didn't really dominate the game. I think that's what I'm saying. Dominate the game in any way against a team that's mm. fourth bottom in the league table. That was my only disappointment. Um, but again, they, you know, a, a fashionable manager in some ways in Graham Potter against the, you know, the unfashionable in, in some ways in David Moyes. Enjoyed the game. Just expect a little more out of West Ham United. I thought there was a very, very David Moyes comment uh, when he was asked uh, at the end of the game <laughs> yeah. about Declan Wright. And he kind of, well, Declan was okay. And, you know, we get better as he gets fit. And, that. and we were sitting there going, Declan Rice is a player. Look how good he is and still in good nick and come back. And it, it's just David Moyes, isn't it? I think that's the way he plays stuff down. But having Declan Rice back has got to be a bonus, not only for West Ham, certainly for England. And they're a better team with him. We'll have to see if they can push on it and maybe make one of those Europa places their yeah. own. Because it'd be yeah. nice, I think it'd be nice recognition for the work and the turnaround that David Moyes and his staff have done with a yeah. team that, that you know was, was struggling to stay in the league just a season ago. Uh, let's move on. Uh, one more game, mate. New, Newcastle three, Manchester City four, and a game that again I think we both thought well, Pembroke can come off and Newcastle they're safe now. Man City have got the Champions League and maybe not the first eleven out there. There was a, a, a big contingent of, of, of the main players as substitutes, so. Another fascinating game at St. James's Park, mate. Uh, Newcastle 3, Manchester City 4. A Ferran, Ferran Torres hat-trick. Kind of mm. bears us thinking, and, and we've said it before, I think we were doing some highlights over the last couple of weeks and, and we saw goals and we said, it's Ferran Torres. He, he keeps chipping in with his goals. And I think that might be something like nine or so in the season and 14 in all competitions. And you're kind of thinking, hmm, could he be the missing, could he be a missing 
part for them? Could, you know, with Aguero going in the way they play, is there a role for him going forward? There's definitely a role for him, Rob. He played a lot in the group stages, I believe. And again, there's so many games that I'm mm. not sure I've got it all right. But he played a lot in the group stage of the Champions League and got goals. Yeah. Or in the League Cup or something. Champions League, Champions League he scored it, goals early on. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, isn't, he hasn't got the, the kind of physical attributes of an Aguero or, or let's compare, compare him more with Gabriel Jesus, Rob. He's not as quick or he's not as powerful. Um, but he's got, he's, got, he's got a scorer's brain. He's got a scorer's brain and we've seen it before. And again, he's not quick. He's not super skillful. He's not powerful. He's not tall. But he gets himself in the right spot many times. And his first goal, the little flick over the top, the volley and the third goal that comes off the, was it the save or the post? Where he, oh, so he volleys into, he reacts well and one yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a, I, I, again, it's hard to think that he will be the starting number nine next season. And, and he's the answer to their striking um, worries a little bit in some ways if they want to find a striker. But what a good player to have around the club. I mean, he's still a super young player, can play wide, can play as a striker. But I think of all the players that play in that nine position, other than Gabriel Jesus, he's more like a striker in the way that he that he moves and the way that he yeah, senses when to get around like, the yeah. goal when the ball is close by. So um, impressed with him throughout. Again, he, he isn't going to be in their starting lineup for the Champions League final, even though he scored three goals. But I'm just impressed with this guy. And, you know, when you get the City changes, there are often some strange results and it's not easy to be, I guess, the others in the City squad that play when the biggest games aren't there. But Ferran Torres made a great case um, that, that he's got a big future at the club. Yeah, 21 years of age, four mm. Champions League goals already. And it might just right. be, you know, as, as, as you're looking towards what I think we'll kind of guesstimate will be the, the first 11 or certainly the shape of the first 11. You know, with, with, with Sterling not making that, with Jesus and Aguero, Farron Torres might be one of those subs who might have something to play on in um, in that game. Another mm. thing happened on, on the day, so we had a we had a god of honour for Man City as they ran out against Newcastle. We had a Premier League first start for a 35-year-old goalkeeper called Scott Carson. Sure. Just a little mention to him, Rob, because yeah. you know, that, that's some kind of mentality you have to have to be the third goalkeeper in a, in a, in a team and a squad like Manchester City, which means you're rarely going to play. You train every day. You go through all the rigour and routine and the wet and the mud and the, 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 the rain that happens. And, and you go through that with no prize at the end of a weekend. It, it, it must have been a special day for, for Scott Carson. He conceded three goals, but he was on the winning side. And, and you know, 35 years of age, you kind of, in a way, got to take your hat off to him, haven't you? To him um, and Pep Guardiola for appreciating what you've just said. Mm. All those days, cold winters, the long winters in Manchester, where he's probably kicking balls into the other goalkeepers and warming them up. And, you know, and, and for the manager to say, you know what? Yeah, you have a game. You've deserved it. You helped our course throughout. I thought it was a nice gesture. I thought it was miles away from the first goal. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing for 10 years. Give him a break. <laughs> 10 years, I know. Um, but no, good good pro. Been around forever. Mm. And uh, I bet he loved it. Hey, you're right. He got on the, the, winning, the winning side. And uh, it's nice to see, you know, somebody like that that gets appreciated for some of the work that goes on behind the scenes that people don't really recognise. And uh, yeah. Very, very good to see. Yeah, I think the interesting thing, Rob, just uh, we move on before for the other games, that Pep actually said he plays a bigger role in our dressing room than many of you people uh, think. Right. So there's, yeah. there's, there's something about him that Pep likes. 
he's either one of them who shakes his fist or maybe a bit of the, you know, the British bulldog yeah. or there's something about him that there's more than just the goalkeeper. And, and, and as we both know, having spent our lives in dressing rooms, you need a couple of those kind of good, good people mm. around as well. And he's obviously mm. that kind of guy. Let's mm. just round it up, mate, with the, um, some of the outstanding some of the games. Uh, games. Yeah. Uh, Leeds United ran all over Burnley, my friend. Um, yeah. And by the way, I, I'm going to hopefully on Championship Sunday do my do an underappreciated team of the season. And there's a certain Jack Harrison, Mr. Musto. I think he's nine goals, seven assists now as a wide player who gets no mentions for England, but is playing mm. at a really high level, is on mm. loan for Manchester City. It's sneaky good, my friend. He's a sneaky yeah. good a wide player. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And, he, and in this team, with that manager and the way that they play, you know, players like that have an opportunity to, to put up some good numbers. Rafinha on the other side. Howard Acosta um, before. Patrick Bamford. I'm not sure Patrick Bamford is going to score a ton of goals at many other Premier League teams. It's just, you know, uh, Click scores his goal. Yeah. Rodrigo comes on, looks a million bucks. The way that they play, Dallas, it does Dallas pay. About seven or eight goals, only from midfield. Stuart Who, Dallas. Stuart Dallas. Dallas. I think it's yeah. eight, at least eight. eight. Goals. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good shout and it's the way that they play. Mm. I ever enjoy watching Leeds United and Leeds United, even though they're new into the Premier League, they're a, mm. they're a huge club compared to Burnley. And Leeds United, even, even in, in the lower leagues and the Championship, has spent more money than Burnley have spent. So it's not... It, the different sizes of football club and the money that's going to go into strengthening the team again. Of course, Leeds will try and do that. And Burnley, I feel maybe now will try and do that. Robin probably need to do that um, going forward, because a very aging squad uh, and new owners there probably should invest a little bit in the squad now. But no, good good performance from Leeds United. We kind of enjoy it. We expect the goals to come. Didn't disappoint. Four um, 0 to Leeds United. Uh, there are other games, Rob, that we can talk. I think I think the Everton one is the last game that we've just finished in the studio with. Yeah. Everton nil, Sheffield United one. Um, disappointing for Everton. Uh, great, of course, for, for Daniel Jebbinson, the 17-year-old striker from Sheffield United. Yeah. His, his, his senior debut, so a start for him, his first start. Gets the winning goal after eight minutes. Um, and afterwards on our show, after the the, uh, the long day today, you know, we summed up a little bit, Robin. And, and, mm. I, and I thought carefully about what I wanted to say about Everton. And it was mostly disappointment. Mm. Apart from the first seven games where they'd won... And the excitement was building. Mm. I've got to say, for having good parts, good goalkeeper, England national team goalkeeper, Godfrey and Holgate and, and Yerry Mean, good mm. young, some, mm. in some cases, defenders. You've got Alan, who's a, I know he's been injured for a little bit, or had been, a, a really good experienced holding midfield player. You've got Hamas Rodriguez, his technical ability. You've got Richarlison, you've got Dominic Cavallo, and they've got a good number of goals. They've never looked a good team. They've never looked a grooved, a dominant, a good footballing team that I expected. And it will go down, of course, to some of the players. It absolutely goes down to Carlo Ancelotti that hasn't, mm. hasn't made more of the, to some of the parts. You know, when you say that sometimes, yeah. you know, a team is better than some of its parts. That has yeah. happened at Everton. Mm. And it's like the target was European football. They're not going to make it. They're not going to make uh, European football right now. I've got difficult games the last couple of games. And I just... I just felt it was a time to express my disappointment. Yeah, and I know yeah. that I know that Everton fans are forever disappointed, maybe, or that they don't meet the expectations of what they have of their club. Mm. But 
They should have done better. They should have done better. And this team should look more grooved. It should look like a it should look like a dominant side Everton now or some of the players that they've got and you kind of know what you're going to get. Well, you don't. And the yeah. home form of Goodison Park has been unacceptable, yeah. really, for the players they've got. Absolutely. I think it's nine defeats out of 18, so 50% of the games at home we've lost. Two months and, and, and I know every, cl- every set of fans love their club. Nobody loves their club more than, than Everton no. fans, Rob. Yeah. Nobody, we, know that we know Everton fans here in the US. We used to go to the uh, bar in, in, in Manhattan. It's a home of the supporters club. Everton, Everton yeah. fans back in the UK. And you're right, really, because it's about stats, standards and setting things. And, and at the start of the season, you know, we, we have our silly after four or five games. Oh, who can win the title? And, you know, can yeah. Everton stay in there? Yeah. And of course, we're doing a bit tongue-in-cheek. But we're, we're sort of saying... And, and, and what's the most disappointing thing for me, Rob, is... I thought Colo Angelotti is going to go in there and raise the standard. Mm. And, and, and at first, he said after a while, we're not Champions League if we, you know, we're top six. And then it's even now, top six might be a struggle for them. And they played today, Rob, a team that have conceded yeah. so many goals, have lost 28 games, have scored 18 goals, and they were struggling to get a draw. Yep. Struggling to get a draw. And there's so many good things about this football club in terms of the ownership. In terms of the, the setup, Marcel Branch in, yeah. in, the, in the network. In terms of an experienced manager who handles big players, can attract big players. It seems like there's money there. In three, four, five years, I think it's twenty twenty-five. It's thing they're going to have one of the best stadiums in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's set up, Rob, to grow. Apart from on the pitch, the most important bit, the on the pitch has still got to be ca- play, play catch up. And until yeah. that happens, and until. Today was nothing about ability because they got more ability. You've talked about the team. You've got Dina, who's an international left mm. goalkeeper. You've got centre backs, Keane and, and Godfrey and Allen and James Rodriguez is, 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 is a top echelon. And Dominic Calvert Lewin, who's got goals, and Michelle can, can be matched. So, talent wise, matching up to Sheffield United is not a problem. But when, when your attitude, when your focus, when your desire on a day, I wrote my first note. On, on my, my, my research for this game was Everton have to want this game more than Sheffield United. That was my first thing. Forget tactics and all the rest. And, it, and that shouldn't be difficult, given Sheffield United yeah, are relegated. Their ambition of what they could do. And, and so, listen, one, I'm sure we, they, 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 there's a podcast on their own for Everton because it's such a big club. It's so, it's so wannabe. And at the moment, you just can't get, get it right. But like you... I'm disappointed for the Everton fans more than anything. I'm disappointed in the club. I'm not an Everton fan. I don't, you know, I, I watch the games. I love, I like going there. I like the way they play. But I'm disappointed for the Everton fans because just when I think they felt we're taking a step, it kind of looks yeah. like, well, are they really? And, and again, just final comment from me on this, Robin, with Everton is that, mm-hmm. again, I. I understand that Everton fans realise that, that, that they aren't going to go to be in a great team straight away. Yeah, and top yeah. four was never... But you but you, you always want to see, wow, we're getting better. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? We finished sixth or whatever, And but I can see what we're trying to do. Um, he got he had a great season. He was as good as I thought he was going to be. He got great numbers. He was good defensively. He's come on as a player in this position. I like the way that we're playing, the system. I like the philosophy. I just don't think there's enough of that. There's not yeah. enough of a of warm, fuzzy feeling that, that your club is, is heading in the right direction. Again... 
Everton fans, if we're being overcritical, yeah. then, you know, maybe we are, but I just think they want to see a direction mm. and a sign of encouragement that, wow, you're right, Rob, the pieces that they've got in place, you know, you've got Big Dong because it's number two to remind the man, you know, to add his little bit of drive and knowledge to the whole thing. It seems like a really nice mix. So I'm disappointed we're not seeing a better footballing team given those pieces. And, uh, you know, it's a big summer. I'm sure they're trying to invest pre-season, a bit more time. They'll go again. But, yeah, I just was so disappointed at Everton's result today. Yep. Uh, as was I. Listen, just before we go, I just want a couple of mentions. I'm, I'm going to go down the centre forward route because the Palace three, Aston Villa two. The Belgian yeah. beat back. Christian Benteke <laughs> scoring goals. Look at the poor Robin Musto. His contract, contract running out. Is that why? Is that why? <laughs> Christian Benteke. Southampton three, Fulham one. I've got to mention Nathan Teller, who came on for, for Danny Ings, scored a goal after a couple of minutes. His first ever Premier League goal. He had a Assist for Theo Walcott in the winning goals, a young player. And Fabio Carvalho was, was the, the standout yeah. little 18-year-old academy player, made his debut, scored a goal, showed some more experience. Fulham players a little bit. Dis- why is he not playing, Rob? Why, yeah, why have you not seen him? In, yeah, you, you know, a little bit of calmness, left the ball over the goalkeeper. I, I sense there's uh, some serious talking to be done at Fulham with, with Scotty Parker, the ownership group, and the group of players, who stays, mm-hmm. who goes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big summer for a number of clubs, whether you're in the Premier League or not, mate. Just just one more comment for me, Rob, yeah. about those teams. Yeah. And I want to go back to Crystal Palace. And mm. we are thinking that Roy Hodgson may be having his last um, yeah. Yeah. season at the football club. But what he's done hasn't gone un- unnoticed with me and you as well. Yeah. It's often 4 4 2. It's often a cautious shape and a cautious posture in terms of their block. Yeah, and when they had to fight for points a little bit, then that's what we saw. Mm. They're safe now, and I gotta say, it is a different palace. <laughs> and Abrachi Eze, this new signing they brought in, probably as a wide player, has looked so good. Is a number eight, so yeah. in, a, in midfield three, with the ability to get forward and attack and box the box a little yeah. bit at times. He his passing range, his shooting. Assisting has made this team look so different. Townsend, Benteke up front, Wilf Zaha uh, doing his thing again, got another goal, scored a goal yeah. today, big defection, but he got a goal. And I just liked Palace. Mm-hmm. It's not very often where I've enjoyed a Palace game because you kind of know what you're getting and you understand it because of the given the situation, they've got to get the points required to stay in the league. But I enjoyed a little bit of a freer Crystal Palace. And, you know, Weeks and months, we'll, of course, revisit Palace and see how it's going with a different manager. Yeah. Does he does he continue with certain players' contracts? Christian Benteke looks so different right now. Um, I just thought it was, you know, I just wanted to mention how, how mm. this looks under Roy Hodgson. And I wonder if he had another year, whether we'd see a bit more of this. Maybe we wouldn't, Rob. And maybe oh, yeah. there is going to be a change. I just think they've got to be super careful of who... Uh, Palace go for as their next manager with these players' contracts, many of them coming up. Christian Benteke and Roy Hodgson, maybe both contracts are up, both starting to do things different. Maybe there's something <laughs> for that, my friend. Yeah. Listen, we, we, we've about to, got to wrap it up on a weekend of first, my friend. Leicester City mm. the FA Cup for the first time and a Premier League goalkeeper scored a header for the first time in the league's history. We'll be back on Wednesday, 19th of May. We'll look back at match week 37. So that's games Tuesday and on Wednesday. And on Tuesday, the big one, 
as Chelsea face Leicester in what's being described as a Champions League playoff game. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musto. Together with the two Robbies, thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, be healthy. We'll see you next time. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.